Like I feel like everything everything is a learning lesson. Every moment, every you know, life lesson basically is a lesson and to learn it. Because at some point you might wanna use that experience somewhere um, and you'll have it. So. All right, I'm here with Paige Taylor. She's an actor, storyteller, Emmy Emmy nominated. Let me get that right. I want to make sure that this is emphasized. Emmy nominated producer based out of Nashville currently, Paige Taylor. Thank you for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you. That was really funny. I flubbed up at the beginning, so that's all I'm going to go you know down from here. You know what? It might as well have been on my intro. Yeah, boom. Well, it's like I don't get to say Emmy nominated a whole lot. I say every chance I get. I would. I just casually drop it while I'm at Starbucks. Yeah. yeah. Emmy nominated on that cup, please. Yeah. What, what's the name for the order? Emmy nominated Paige Taylor. Yeah. And then give a wink and move over. And you know what they're going to write? So, not even that. They'll be like, yeah. breathe. <laughs> sorry. I really like that. So I'm sorry. Yes, I don't care. I don't, I don't want like. I don't it's care. a creative it's, outlet. It's a creative outlet. I don't, I don't inhibit what you want to say. Okay. Okay. Let it flow. Yeah, so you're based out of Nashville now. A um, yeah. little bit of backstory. Paige and I met at a little place called Murray State University. Go Racers. Go Racers. Go Racers. Uh, and so we met there while uh, we were both studying to be theater majors. Um, yeah. And so before we go and get into all of that, because I've kind of covered that with a few other people, uh, mm. let's take it back when Paige was a young person growing up where did you grow up uh i am from owensboro kentucky okay which so is uh I'm... yeah right there on the ohio river no Small town. yeah <laughs> um actually I, I i lived out in maceo kentucky for being really really specific which is a very 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 small town um this podcast no... is known for its specificity so yeah <laughs> Uh, there was like nobody around. I mean, our next door neighbor, which wasn't an, it was across the street, had a cattle farm and I don't, we didn't have, our next door neighbor was like a mile or two down the road. Uh, yeah, that's where I grew up. Uh, I remember always having like a really vivid imagination and like wanting to, wanting to pretend and play. And obviously like most kids do, um, I didn't have a whole lot of kids my own age besides my sister who wanted nothing to do with me. Um, so I just remember loving that. And uh, my dad, we're going to go even further back, worked uh, for like a movie and music distribution. It was like a uh, center. And um, he would always get movies, like early release. And so we constantly had movies of all genres playing, no matter like if it was kid appropriate or not. Uh, same with music. So I just remember falling in love with like that. I didn't even know what that was, but pretending is all I could all I thought it was um and telling stories I didn't know that you could actually do that as a job I you know whatever and so what well I was gonna say they don't they don't broadcast that in small towns right Um, and I just remember thinking my dad had like an in like I didn't know exactly what he did I just knew that like he was in the entertainment business I mean he was constantly meeting musicians and stars and like movie stars and whatever I just thought he had an end so as I kind of got older I remember wanting to like 
somehow like I would like record like little songs on like VHSs and or whatever and like give it to him <laughs> to give to somebody and I'm, he'd always play along with that idea. But uh, does he still have those? Oh, I I don't think so. Oh, that'd be he awesome. hasn't brought that up. He ha- no, I, he probably will read the or watch this and be like, that never happened. <laughs> and then I'll have to bring him on your attraction because you're up here spreading lies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. And so I just, as I got older, none of my schools had like a drama class or, you know, there was no th- youth center or theater, nothing like that. Um, and I remember as I got a little bit older, uh, grew up in, I guess we moved to Lexington, Kentucky and there was a little bit bigger of a city. They had a little bit more opportunity, but again, my family didn't put me in like camps or anything like that. It was just, I kind of had to figure out how to do it. Um, my first play I ever went to go see was the Christmas Carol done at uh, the Louisville, the theater of Louisville. What is it called? Yeah. Uh, it's the major oh, theater in Louisville, Kentucky. Oh man, they put me on the spot. I can, I know exactly what you're talking about. I can't I think, think of it. I think that's just what it's called, the major theater. <laughs> major theater of Louisville, Incorporated. Oh man. On, I know. I, well, they put on uh, A Christmas Carol, and it was uh, one of my first plays. We went during Christmas. My mom took me, and it was the first time I saw a kid my own age on stage. And I was like, that's it. I never so knew what that was called, but I want to do whatever that girl is is, is doing. Um, was it the Actors Theater of Louisville, the Brown Theater? I think it might have been the Actors Theater. Okay. That's what I looked up. I think so. This was years ago, but... I just remember seeing her and being like, that's, that's what I want to do. I've always wanted to do whatever that girl, and I can, like, she's on stage. I want to do that. So from that moment on, I've always wanted to, that was it. I just wanted to act. I wanted to be on stage. As I got into high school, started doing like high school theater, but again, we didn't have classes. So it wasn't Mm -hmm. like I was learning like what a monologue was. I wasn't, we never did like anything like that. It was just like, we'd have to go audition and, you know, maybe read from a script that they gave us or sing a song. Like it was never a uh, organized thing. So jump to Murray. <laughs> I love telling this story because it just makes me realize how far I've come, but it's funny. My first audition was for God's Bell. It was like that. They had like four, three different plays that we were auditioning for. And it was like, mm-hmm. they were just kind of picking us from that audition for whatever play. And my first audition, it was, uh, they asked for a monologue and I was like, I have no idea what that is. No idea. No clue. So I did a poem. I recited a poem (laughs) and really in my mind, I'm like, I know that this isn't right, but I don't know what I need to do. This is my only thing. Uh, got an ensemble role from that, which was cool. Obviously started taking the classes there at Murray learning. It was like my first acting class ever. Learn what a monologue was. Yeah. Learning how to actually walk into auditions. I mean, it was like, I was so excited and so happy because it was just like for the first time I felt like I was like, I knew that I might've been behind. I felt behind for sure. In like those classes, everybody else seemed to know what certain things are, what certain plays or playwrights were. And I just, I felt so behind, but I was also felt like such a sponge in those classes. Like I was consuming everything. 
that's also when I realized I was awful at improv. Because <laughs> Jonathan Awori made us do an improv class together or like an exercise in our class. And I was just like, it was so over my head, like the idea of having to think on the spot. Does that make sense? I feel like yeah. when you can, when you just do it naturally, it just happens and it's funny. But then when you actually have to actively think on the spot, I feel like that's when I always got um, tripped up. But anyways, uh, yeah. I, I, it's just like, I think it's one of those things of when you're aware of something, you you hyper focus on it so then when you're like oh i have to improv and i have to listen and do this and then all of a sudden you're like oh yeah i should talk right uh, and then then you do that so it's a skill it's a big time skill and i was trying to mask how not not prepared wasn't it's not the word i'm looking but before how um how much of a rookie i guess i was in this in this field how green right it was just like why is she it might like this is the inner monologue was like why the you know why am i pursuing this path when i literally know nothing about it other than the fact that i've love acting i love pretending i love telling stories but i don't i've never been trained to do it but that's uh, there's always going to come that hesitancy especially with something new because right. then you're you're you you start to uh, the gremlin i like to call it like kicks <laughs> in and is just like you know you're exposing yourself and and, and all that and you want to keep yourself like in the same spot but knowledge and experience comes from like once you get to the end of that so you have to like kind of stretch yourself out put yourself out there and then you can kind of look back and be like oh that's what i gained from it but when it's first right. starting out it's so it's so hard so scary but you got to yeah. get through that yeah. I don't know. So then I kept going through Murray and just, I just tried to learn from every single person that I could, um, yeah. regardless of like where they were at, if they were on stage or behind or, you know, a teacher or doing costumes or whatever. I just wanted to learn it all. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, like kind of like go back a little bit. It's just like one of those things that I found so I find so inspiring and just awesome is this like, especially in like smaller towns, like they don't really emphasize on the arts because it's, and this is not a knock to like smaller towns. It's, they get you more prepared to get into the workforce, um, to get that job, get like, you know, be able to create a family and stuff like that. And so it's always interesting to me to see people that like, we're like, no, I'm not going to go that way. Like I want to follow a passion and, and see where it takes you. And so then it took you to Murray, you graduated Murray and then Chicago was the next, um, was the next destination. Um, yeah. yeah. I wanted to talk about my orientation at Murray okay. real go quick. Ahead. It was, it's just a brief moment, but it's like such a defining moment of, of my life where I almost went into the forensics uh department like i almost like, went that path like, like csi I, yeah i was so surprisingly my my school had those classes well yeah but <laughs> the theater but i was well, really at, at the time csi <laughs> was like the show right around that time it was just like yeah but i was like i remember being like i loved it i really i did really well and murray had that like that, that path or that major. So I, I went to orientation undefined or yeah. And, um, had forensics and then had theater and I went in and I think I got split up 
and we somehow ended or made our way to Lovett Art Auditorium mm -hmm. for some some speech. And I just remember looking over at my my mom and being like, I want to perform on that stage theater. <laughs> and like, that was it. And I just remember thinking, what if I like, not that I regret it, don't regret it. I would do it again. Clearly it was like what I was meant to do. But I just remember thinking I had these two paths. It's like playing the game of life and you get mm -hmm. the two cards that tell you, well, got this, you're going to make this amount of money and have a really successful life. You have this one that's like up in the air. You're going to have a lot of disappointment. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it's just. Well, yeah. I mean, I told this story before. It's like I wanted, my mom was like pressuring me to go into like the medical field. She's like, I didn't mm. send you to college to for you not to become a doctor, lawyer or something like that. And so then took anatomy, physiology and statistics in one semester, bombed both of those classes. Like, <laughs> bombed, bombed. like I'm pretty sure the teacher in the statistics class just gave me a D just so he never had to see me again because I was so bad at it. And yeah. then anatomy, it was like, I could literally point at something and be like, that's a clavicle. That's this, that's this. And then when they'd go, well, what's this to? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. It breathes. It in oxygen. It moves a little. It moves. It keeps everything inside of you. Um, <laughs> And so then I was like, this is just not for me. So then it's like, I think you have to like, just go with those instincts and, and scary, you know, yeah. especially when you're pursuing something that's creative, like everybody tr will try to kind of steer you away from it because they're in their best interests. They're trying to protect you and like, you know, everything like that, but you got to carve your own path. Yeah. And so you did that. Yeah. Then I made my way up to Murray, or sorry, Chicago. <laughs> then I made my way back, and you did perform on that stage. I did a few times. You did a few times. Yeah, uh, those those children shows were uh, were fun. I, they were. I actually had such such a time. When I look back at my time and all of the shows I was a part of, the ones that like I remember just having a blast on were those children shows. Yeah, I think it's just... because a lot of them didn't provide a whole lot of like, like hard wrenching, like gum, you know, bites and everything. So we literally had, we could just do, we were so free to do whatever we wanted. Well, they're not going to know. They're not like critics. As long as you fall down, they're like, oh, they're going to yeah. laugh. Like, it's just like, they're, they're just there to be entertained. And so that's why they're the best audiences because they're yeah. not sitting there trying to be like, oh, what's her subtext? Oh, oh I was, uh, what was I? I was in Robin Hood and I was like the, there wasn't like, um, I was the bad person. Right? I was the, the, the antagonist. I was the evil queen. And I just remember at the end, everybody got like roaring applause. Whoa. And then it was me. And it was like, <laughs> and I just remember seeing D uh, David Walther just like crying, laughing. Because then we had to like make our way yeah. through the audience to go like do like handshakes, you know, as they were leaving. And he was like, they. <laughs> and I was like, I know, I'm actually kind of heartbroken. <laughs> I, I only did one children's show and I did Pocahontas. And now looking back at it, like uh, that would that would have gotten Murray canceled for sure. Then <laughs> we did that. But I was John Smith and I had like a prop gun. Yeah. I still remember my first line. 
because it's me and uh, whoever my sidekick is. It was played by Clayton. We're like walking on the stage and there's drums beating and then they stop. And then I just, and I go, the drums, they've stopped beating. <laughs> but I had like a prop gun. And when we were doing that meet and greet, they would like, all the kids would be like, can I, can I fire the gun? I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> what kind of responsible oh, person would I be? But yeah, they, I like, do remember. Was... I remember this one, and it was back to Robin Hood, where they were. Uh, obviously, we were. There were there were knights, and there were swords, and you know, bow and arrows. And Jacob Hall was. Uh, oh, he was the sheriff, uh-huh. and because he he basically, I don't know why, but Pam, who um, who uh, directed the show, gave him like this t- t- tiny little dagger everybody else has these big swords and everything and he's like fighting with this like little <laughs> and i just remember thinking god like choices like that are just so amazing like that's one of the reasons why i i loved those shows because you had the you could you could do those things and it would work yeah you can just do whatever they didn't care nobody cared nobody cared they were just there to get out of school um so yeah so then moved yeah. to chicago um so what was the, what drew you to uh, Chicago? It was Second City, man. I okay. remember just trying to hone in on those like improv. I never wanted to be in that situation again. Like I was in that class, that first, my first acting class where we did an improv exercise and me not be able to keep up and not so much keep up, but like be able to contribute. Like I didn't want to mm-hmm. be dead weight. Um, and so like throughout time at Murray, like I would try to, you know, somebody would put on improv nights. And so I, eventually I took that over. Um, and I just, again, nobody was there teaching that to us. We were just kind of going off of games that we had heard of. I really wanted again to hone in on that specific skill set. And obviously you can do that in New York and LA, but like Chicago just seemed to be like the hub. And it still is, to, in my opinion, like the melting pot of all of those types of mediums, whether that's film stage improv comedy like i just feel like it really does kind of have it all and it's constantly growing it's mm-hmm. constantly evolving and changing and like trying new things like that's where that, that's where you can experiment and then take it somewhere else but so i was just like chicago's it like that's where i at least want to start off and like go to second city okay so then, that's what i did yeah and then so improv and stuff like that so how would you how would you describe your time in Chicago? Like, Ooh, I mean, I was there for almost 10 years. Um, I mean, it was up and down. I feel like it's one of those cities, especially in that theater, like where there's so many people who, who want to create and want to be supportive. And like, I feel like really big city, but that theater community is so small and tight knit and everybody knows everybody. But at the same time, like, they're not going to be easy on you. Like, you have mm-hmm. to, you know, it, it almost will break you down for you to build yourself up to be something different. And I definitely feel like that was my, that was my story, especially that those first several years there. Uh, I feel like I, I second-guessed every decision. I second-guessed my talent. I, like, wasn't getting auditions. I didn't even know where to go and who to talk to about auditions, Um I just knew like I was working at Second City at the time 
I was seeing all of these amazing, talented people who eventually moved on to either SNL and or really cool stand-up comedians coming into town and get, getting to watch them from outside of like an audience perspective. Like I actually got to, you know, intertwine myself with them a little bit. And I don't know, it just felt like I was always waiting for my break. I was always waiting for that moment. Um, and I realized that that moment wasn't ever necessarily going to come unless I actually... I had to go find it. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, that was, I basically just took classes. I felt like that, that for me was my path in, was like finding theaters who provided classes and courses, whether that was acting or scene work or whatnot, and just getting myself involved. Because all of those people that I was in classes with were active actors or active people in that community. Um, and from there, I was able to start getting auditions or I was being called in and I didn't have an agent and it never had an agent. Well, I did, but that was later on. Um, I don't know. <laughs> and I just felt like being able to network and be able to meet people that had similar styles of acting and or even at a different level of me or as me, it was just really easy that way to meet them on a similar level, which was the class and work together. And then from there you could take whatever you, you know, they might had another show or an audition or they had a friend who had an audition or a play that they were putting on. So it was just, it, to sum up my, your question, that would be, that was what I, I always, I don't know, felt yeah, like. Chicago to me is like a very blue collar, like theater town. It's like one yeah. of those, like you have to like roll up your sleeves, get to work, get in there, um, make connections, but it's also, if you're not willing to do that, it'll chew you up and like spit you out. Um, yes. And that's just, it's one of those things of that's where it becomes daunting, especially from like an actors or that kind of aspect is because you're just wanting to showcase, but it's like trying to figure that out type thing, um, which is really difficult no matter where you're at, like in Chicago specifically, because we're both very well aware of it. Um, it's one of those things of taking classes, being able to kind of grow, um, stretch yourself, learn new skills is always important because if you're just, if you already assume that you know everything, you're, you're, you're fucked. Like right. you got to continue to like grow and they're not going to, in Chicago is like, there's some things I don't like about the Chicago theater scene. I mean, everybody has their gripes with it, but when it comes to like those storefront, like Chicago theaters, like they know what they want and they're not going to throw you on a stage if they don't know what you're, what you're capable of. Right. Uh, and so, yeah. You and gotta I think, show. Yeah. And I think for me, I was, I was fully aware that I wasn't, top tier like I, yeah. I had a lot to learn even though I just you know spent four years training I was training you know but like it wasn't the same right when I say training it wasn't I just feel like I was just consuming a whole lot of information like that was basic information but now I'm able to like meet people who are you know dealing some of the shows that we you know we got to do in college were very green overdone I would say overdone I, I but you know what I mean? Whereas, I mean, what? What I mean, do you yeah. They want to do those overdone ones because that's what's going to bring people in to see them, hopefully. Well, I know that, but I'm just saying, like, obviously, that was one, we constantly were doing stuff like that, yeah. whereas, like, you get pushed into, 
into somewhere like Chicago where there's, you're not just dealing with just plays. I mean, you're dealing with people who are playwrights, who are right there, your age, writing plays about different types of content. And I don't know, I think, I think being able to, again, put yourself in situations where you're able to meet those people is, is crucial. Um, oh, yeah. And I don't know. I think it also helped that, you know, you and I live together. Yeah, we did it. I do. I, I think that that was helpful. I feel like you and I would always check in with each other on like either auditions or a class or a show that we just saw that we really liked. Um, I think having those people in your life, whether it's a roommate or just like your own like little community of, of people, of creatives is really helpful. Because a place like you said, a place like Chicago, somewhere where you could easily, if you're not going to do the work, then it, it will it'll move you out of the way. Oh, yeah. They'll get you out of the way quickly. Um, yeah. I kind of talked about this in the last episode that um, it's always better to collaborate most of the time. Like, I feel like if, as a creative person, you got to find like a group, you got to find someone, like you got to find a way to kind of bounce ideas off of each other, like challenge each other and kind of keep yourself in the, in the pocket, so to speak, because if you just kind of rely on yourself a lot of times, I think you'll talk yourself out yeah. of like what you're going to pursue because it's easier. Um, and so like being around people will help keep you inspired and keep you like, be like, oh, they're writing a play. Like maybe I should start writing. And it's just like it constantly kind of challenges you to stay creative. Uh, right. Sense. Well, and that's one thing I found was like I was constantly auditioning, getting into shows or, you know, understudying for shows or whatnot. And I realized that while I loved doing that, I wanted to do so much more. Like there were so mm. many other facets of this thing that we call theater or this passion that I was only viewing it from one side. And I was mm. like, I want to, I want to learn how to do more things. And so I remember, you know, I did a class at Murray, the directing class, which you were in one of my shows. And I just remember loving doing that and loving directing and producing. Um, and so I basically, you know, halfway through my time in Chicago, I started, found like a group of people who were willing to kind of like lean on me and like, just trust that I, you know, could do something, uh, and, and kind of put a little theater group together. Not that Chicago needs any more like independent theater groups, but like I felt in that moment where I was like, I want to be able to give myself opportunities that like I'm not getting elsewhere. Um, and so that's, I started Grit Theater there. I mean, with a, just a handful of people and all I wanted to do was just put on one show and and see how, how it did and um, it was really cool to see the the amount of people who ended up coming out for that first show, which we did Danny in the Deep Blue Sea. And like people really do. It's so bizarre because it's just like people really do support art in even in small ways. Like they, they will come out to support a show, um, friends, family, strangers. Um, but I, I felt, you know, you, you still have to you still have to kind of cater to like the the masses if that makes sense well, uh, yeah i mean it was a good thing that i actually it's uh rick rubin said it it's if you begin to start creating art to please others right then it's not for you right like, you have to create it for yourself and if it takes off great but like when it leaves it's like it's yours mm -hmm. um and so i think 
that's what's so difficult about being in this position is because if you want to do well, if you want to kind of make money and do all that, you kind of have to kind of cater to that other side that's not necessarily artistic. And that's, that's a, such an inner conflict that we're constantly battling is just like, I want to make this a career, but I don't want to sacrifice my creativity and my art, but it's like, yeah, this is no right way to go about it. There's well, we not. did a, you know, we did crowdfunding for that show, just asking for donations because we had to rent out a space and we had to buy the rights to the play. And we, you know, I obviously wanted to, I wanted to be able to pay our actors and our stage managers, but that was always something that, you know, I had made very clear early on. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pay you. Like, I'm just kind of doing this just to see if it's something that I like to do. I want to be able to create with my friends. I want to be able to create something that like has legs to stand on. Like I, I want it to be good. I want people to come out and be like, yeah, let's, I, I want to support that. But I do remember we got, you know, we would get $20, $50. And then this one guy from LA gave us $500. And he was like, I believe in what you're doing. And I was like, we hadn't even put a show on yet. But he came out, came to see the show, and then he met up with us, and he was, like, talking business plans. And I just remember Eric Salas. I don't know if you remember him. He was um, – he he worked I at – I remember uh, the name. Yeah. He was in a few shows at Profiles, and then he ended up working on – Oh, some, yeah. I remember yeah. that. Uh, he was Danny in my show. But we just sat there, and we were just like – I don't even know if, like, we know, like, how – like, I don't think we planned that far of, like – business plans and models all, all i know what i wanted to do was create an opportunity for my friends to perform for me to to direct this really one of my favorite plays in one of my favorite cities and just see if if this is something that we could do together um i just don't know it was just very it was once again it was like it started out at this idea of like we just wanted to kind of create something for ourselves and then we had somebody from outside who knew nothing about us come in and like want to make it this huge thing we chose obviously he donated that money which was really lovely but we we chose not to go like in that path well i mean the thing that i take from all of this is we especially now um we live in an age where you have really no excuse not to like self-fund or right. just put up your own work like when people are like, I want, I want to be a filmmaker, but I don't have a camera. It's like, you have one in your pocket now. Mm -hmm. You have YouTube. You have, there's so many different websites and video sites that you can like post your stuff to that you, like people can see your stuff. Like there's so many avenues now to create that it's like, you know, us being from, you know, we're, we're kind of like those, it's kind of a weird life that we've lived because we lived before the age of the internet. Now we're in the thick of the internet and constantly oh. changing still. And it's just like, yeah. I remember like, you know, you floppy disks and, you know, like VHS cameras and stuff like that, yeah. where you'd have to like shoot and like cut the film together yourself. And now it's just like, you just put it into a program and edit it. You can have right. stuff released in 10 minutes. And it's like, so now it's like, there's really no excuse not to get your stuff started. And I think, right. I think that's the biggest thing is like, as long as you're doing something that you creatively believe in and you're putting everything into, like, be proud of that. Like, don't mm -hmm. worry about if you're going to make any money off of it. Cause 
if you're already thinking about money, then it's like you you're gonna you're setting yourself up to like have that big crash if it doesn't happen. Right. And so, but just like you never know how the world's gonna interpret it. Like you didn't know how somebody was just gonna be like, Yeah, let's do this type thing. And you know, it didn't align with your vision, but you know, there are people out there that will see this hopefully and or see your stuff and be like, you know what? That's kind of like I wanna hitch my ride to it. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I really loved doing that. And that was like in 2016, 2017. Um, and from that point on, I I kind of took a, didn't take it necessarily a back seat. Um, it was just more like I had, life was, life was kind of maneuvering and I had to kind of refocus uh, myself. And I kind of got into this like slump of, I wasn't, I was no longer getting auditions. I went, I had a, had gotten an agent <laughs> and was really, really excited about it because I was finally getting into rooms that I had never been in. And I, you know, I was in shows with people who'd be like, have you auditioned for this person or this person? Have you auditioned for them? And I'm like, no, because, you know, I don't, I don't have an agent and I, you know, trying to get one was always really difficult. But then I finally got one. Yay. I was really, really excited about it. Um, auditioned for like the onion and and a bunch of really other cool like directors and producers in um in uh chicago but then i don't know i still was just like i wasn't it didn't feel i don't know satisfied is not the word but i didn't feel like uh, i don't know i don't know what the word i'm trying to say is i was just like I, I had this moment where i was like i think i need to just take a step away because I feel like my passion isn't there anymore. And I feel like I'm just doing these steps to like get to some end that I don't even know what that is. If that's, you know, to be in a movie or commercial or to what I, what I just remembered loving was like, I love doing live theater. Like I love that significantly more than doing a film or a commercial or I don't know. I, there's just something about live theater that is unmatched in my opinion. Um, and so I, was, I wasn't getting those jobs anymore. So I kind of had to like refocus myself. Um, I, I wanted to like mention this too. So I ended up not, that that agent that I had, like they just left. They didn't like tell anybody that they were leaving. So like she, you know, this person had all of their clients, whatever, um, and didn't tell any of us that she was leaving and obviously didn't, I guess, tell the actual agency um about all of us so anybody that was under this one person's name didn't end up getting any work after that wow. which was crazy yeah, that's uh, terrible and i remember did you, reaching did you try out. to get another agent after that yeah i mean i reached back out to them and be like hey it's been like three months and i haven't heard anything from you know this person um and obviously i followed them on instagram and found out that they like had left or moved or something like that and I was like you know what are what are our next steps nobody's ever reached out to me about like what we're who's going to be my new agent who's my point of contact and I never heard back from that agency ever again except for about two months ago they reached out to me and was like hey we have this audition we'd love for you to come in I'm like who who is this and they're like we're so-and-so from this agency and I was like, I haven't heard from you guys in like six years. 
fuck. Wow. Or whatever, however long. I was like, I haven't heard from you guys at all. I was like, my agent left and I reached out and nobody ever said anything. Like, I'm not going to audition for y'all. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I don't, you, I don't know how you got my number. Um, but they were like, well, we would love to have you if you, if you're interested. And I'm like, no, like, I don't know. That just seemed, it just seemed so. <laughs> yeah. It's odd. I've never heard of anything like that. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. And I was just like, that makes it just, I don't know, but I don't, I don't, I went to, went back. I went to started teaching. I kind of changed career paths for like a moment in time. Um, started teaching early education and fell in love with that did that um i don't know working with young kids and i started teaching drama like a drama class there um and realizing that like i don't know they i just had such a i had such a good time teaching that age grade it was ages three to five um and teaching mm. them obviously lots of different stuff but when we would do our drama class it was a lot of like just imaginative play and like we would we would like listen to music and then they would have to kind of interpret that music in some way with their body feeling very like movement class oh, yeah uh, and we would do like puppet shows and then there was a time where we actually did like team like partner work and they had to like come up with the storyline together and i don't know i just felt so i realized in that moment that like i really loved teaching and i really love teaching that age group and i really love teaching that age group theater um mm. so I don't yeah know i mean no no it's it's a very important lesson that's something that i keep reiterating uh, through each episode that we do it's you're gonna have you're gonna have this perfect vision of how things are gonna perfectly align, go and like, this is I'm gonna get this, and then it's gonna go this, and it's gonna lead to this, and then that's and then I'll, and it's gonna build naturally. You always have that, but the issue with that is it's not always gonna work out like that. It's just right. not like it's not worked out, you know. And what happens is you know life comes at you, things happen, like you know. Um, you don't know how things are going to go, but what you have to do is, you know, take moment, take kind of like a thought process and see like where you want your kind of path to go. And we talked about it before. We'll bring, I think this is a good segue into it. I feel like there's just, you know, behind every door, there's a new opportunity, no matter where mm -hmm. you're at. So if you reach this one part where it's like, you're at the end of this line, you know, open the door maybe there's something new behind it that can, you can go and explore right. you explore teaching and then you explored other avenues as well yeah well and it's just like I, I you know i had i made this um analogy and not even a, a more of a metaphor where it was like this you know life is full of vestibules right like there's yeah. doors that lead from one to another to another but there's time in between those doors opening and or being presented and it's a lot of what are you doing in that time span, whether it's, you know, a week or years, um, what's happening in between that time? How are you living yeah. your life? And I think for me, that is something that like, I have realized it's like every opportunity I've had, um, like you said, like for me, it was like the end, the end of, of the, the agency Really, I think that that was really what kind of not set me off, but like really kind of put like a, a hard pause on like my path 
all I knew is that I still wanted to learn how to tell stories. I wanted to keep fueling this creative outlet because that never went away. It still has not mm-hmm. but it's how am I going to do it? Um, and so, yeah, I started the teaching thing. And even then I was like, I actually got so inspired by working that I wanted to go back to school. Um, me teaching during the day. And then I I got into the master's program at Loyola doing digital media and storytelling. And that program was really focused on like videography, documentary work, um, editing, learning these programs, learning how to capture stories, whether they are it's a news story or, you know, a documentary or, you know, just like a little skit, um, really kind of honing in on those technical skills. And I had never taken a class like that ever or any of those classes ever before. Um, but I got in and I was able to create some really fun like videos with some of my friends. And then I ended up working on a documentary for Taylor's Tacos Chicago. Shout out if you you need to go and try their food. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, but then I met up, I, I did a commercial for Tattoo Avenue Chicago. And it was like during the pandemic, that was another thing. So my my time at Loyola was 2019 to 2021. So the pandemic was right in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. And school didn't necessarily shut down, but we weren't allowed to go into like the equipment building anymore um, to like, you know, rent out cameras. So I had to learn how to create this like high end, top quality stories using my phone Mm -hmm. like you had mentioned um yeah we created this i created this commercial with a friend of mine and we um did it on the cta and it was you know it was so much fun but we really had to kind of like bounce back and forth off of these you know the cta trains the sun was going down so we were like fighting that as well and obviously you want to make all of your shots very um consistent so if like there's a man in the back corner and then you change angles and then you come back, like that man still needs to be <laughs> needs to be there, or that same number of people that were in the background need to need to still be there. Um, anyways, it, it, I learned so much, and then uh, I found out like a year later that it got nominated for an Emmy, um, an Emmy for in Chicago, the Midwest Emmys, um, which was just still an Emmy. Oh, I know, but I'm just like, I just, I don't know. It was just not something I ever thought that would ever happen. Um, really, really cool. Uh, and I found that out after, once again, I, I basically, I the opportunity was to learn, right? That door was to to go to school and get my master's and to really hone in on this, um, the skill set that I really love to do. And then once that closed, the next... My, my basically my life I had to change gears again because I had to go to Charleston mm-hmm. uh, to help out my mom and so here I am in a brand new city I just graduated probably in the best city I could have probably st- I should have stayed there to hone in on that craft more and to really I mean I feel like I was in such a creative environment already and there's so many people there that like that want to help out I, at least I found that that community there. Like all, a lot of my friends were willing to help out with either editing or acting and or you know sound bites or whatever it was. Um, and I had kind of moved into a brand new city that really didn't focus on that. That was not their bread and butter, right? Yeah. Um, so 
I don't know. I, I'm still, I feel very much like I'm still in that vestibule, if you will. Um, I've now, you know, I, I guess I, I went on, I, I started working for a magazine. <laughs> I feel like my life is like a, <laughs> a weird acid trip, honestly. <laughs> no, I mean, you're just going with where like opportunities take you. You're not you you realize that maybe like this one path ended and then you started to explore this and then like it kind of created new pathways yeah. for you and you're just kind of going through and carving your own path and that's why like i feel a lot of times when people like the one thing that they're dead set on like achieving and they're going to go full throttle and if it doesn't happen then it just they stop creating or figuring yeah. out ways to do that and it's like it may be the end of that journey but it's like there are so many avenues to create like it's right. not necessarily just by being an actor or a painter or anything like that you can be creative in like a like you're like a in a digital like you know film like kind of role and like doing those or like working for a magazine and like putting together spreads like that's creative and like interior designs creative yeah. there's so many avenues to be able to explore and it's like you don't know where it's going to go but sometimes like you just got to go where it takes you it right. may not be what you envisioned well and i think that is something that i've been saying not only to myself but just to anybody who's asking is like i feel like I have found storytelling is such a huge, broad concept, and there's so many different ways to tell a story, and there's so many different types of people that you can tell stories about. Mm -hmm. So one of the things, like, I never considered myself to be a great writer by any means, um, still don't, but I found a passion in it because I was, you know, talking to these, this, you know, a young business owner or this, you know, this owner who's been, who's had this business in his, his family's legacy for, you know, years and years and years. And they're telling me their, their backstory of how they came to be, whether that was like interior design or lighting or plumbing or whatnot. And like really honing in on their story and like being able to capture just the human nature of it all. Um, and I've really, I really loved doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, I've, I've, I think that that ultimately is the goal for me. I I found that whenever I started producing those commercials where it was like meeting local small like small businesses and trying to get their name out, trying to get their story out and and learning who they are ultimately is like I think what we're all doing. Mm -hmm. Even as actors, we're all constantly trying to tell a human story, the human condition, right? And we're just trying to make it as real as possible and and, and be able to capture the heart of it all and so well, that's well that's like the heart of creativity it's just like you're trying to like take something funnel it through your lens and put it out there and like tell it and that's what's and there's no i think so many times that like people restrict themselves on what avenue that they can like use that to funnel it out like it's just like i'm only an actor i'm not going to be open to this and it's like well no like you can like try different ways to create and express yourself and you never yeah. know what's what you're going to find because you know you'll find yourself like thriving in a different space that you never imagined that you would be yeah i don't know i've i've it's definitely been a journey um and one thing i i wanted to, i may i'm glad i remembered it was just to like thank you honestly you were in a part of my life, obviously you've been a part of my life for a long time, but like you were in a part of my life that was such a low part of my life. 
and you like never well you probably judged me but you never did a time face always behind your back and you, yeah always behind your closed door yeah I was like, oh uh, my God. yeah but like i don't know you never rushed that experience for me um and i think those types of people are so crucial to creating you mentioned it earlier collaborating and like we are we are meant to to communicate and we are meant to socialize and we're meant to be around each other and you know we can only grow if we're with other people in my opinion um even to whatever extent that is but you were there during that part of my life that i like i wanted to i wanted to cut and cut and run um <laughs> a lot of adele songs but whatever but no <laughs> so like i'm just but even though you, i'm saying that's how it's still connected because you allowed me to be able to vent when i needed to vent you were there to be supportive you were there to give me space and then ultimately like i came out of that wanting to just i don't know i, I felt like had i been had i not had somebody there to be with me in any capacity, I don't know if I would have been able to move forward like in the way that I have. And I don't know, Grant was like that too, where it was like Grant Johnson, um, he just, I don't know, he always gave opportunities to people regardless of what their craft was. It was always yeah. like, let's let's put it up. Like, let's just do it. Or he'll come out to a show or he'll give, you know, 15 minutes to whatever you want to do, whether that was sing, do tell a joke work out a scene for your upcoming play and I think those types of people are so crucial to like the theater community because they are the ones that are going to be supporting you regardless of what you end up doing so yeah just wanted to say that you're welcome well it's just one of those things of I knew like going through Murray like we all talked about what we wanted to do and like accomplish oh. and something like that and I knew that you know when we got to Chicago it, things weren't going well and like certain personal things happened and you were ready to just kind of cut it but it's like you know I knew that if like you stuck it out like you would appreciate that more than quitting and going home because I think you would have regretted it even worse if you just like left well, yeah that the whole saying of like you know art imitates life and it's like that's so true without those experiences without everything that you end up going through those moments in time oh my gosh mm -hmm. full circle here um in between the opportunities yeah uh i mean your craft isn't going to progress either like i feel like yeah. you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to understand certain moments or you won't be able to fully give yourself to what's needed produce or whatever well yeah it's it's one of those things of you know it's going to get dark sometimes. It's going to get tough. And, you know, a lot of people are like, well, that's when you learn the most about yourself. And it's like, it's true. Mm -hmm. You know, me, like I've talked about it, like, you know, within the last like, couple of years, it got really dark for me. And I thought about quitting and doing it. And it's just like, I envisioned my life without it. And I didn't like it. I right. wanted to continue to create or figure out ways to put something, put myself out into the world and like, so people could like experience it and see it. And, that's where this was, this podcast was born. It's like, you don't know. Um, and it's just like, it's so easy to quit. And sometimes you, it's like that stupid, um, meme that's out there. 
but it's like the dude who's like chiseling away like un, in an underground mine and he gives up but he's like this close to like all the diamonds that he's been yeah. trying to create like find and it's like it's 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 silly but it's also true it's just like sometimes you got to be a little insane to continue to do it but you don't know how close you are right you don't and it's like if you quit then you're just completely nullifying that and it's like you worked and you had this vision and you've worked all of like you know you said it like you once you were like in high school it was like you were on that path and it's just like you know you work so hard and then and just to give up it's like yeah it's just like doing a disservice to you your talent and yeah, and I'm glad you stuck it out, and now you're like, you found a different avenue, which is yeah. amazing. Yeah, I like, and now that I'm here, I, I just I can't wait to see. I, I want to get back into like the theater thing. I just feel like it. That's always something that's going to be with me. I love, I love it so much that I, I feel like it's not. That's not necessarily the end of that journey. I just needed to take a step away. Um, and just trying yeah. to, and I think everything that I've done since then is only going to just make those moments more or just better. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Cause uh, I don't think it necessarily like we, when we quit or anything like that, cause I don't like that. It's just like, right. I think you just put a pause on it to kind of yeah. get your other ducks in a row. Cause you know, yeah. that's what like I wanted to kind of break the stigma of in this with this podcast was like it's okay to take that nine to five that's going to sustain you to take sure. like the job that's going to be able to keep a roof over your head. Like there's no shame in that, and I think so many people like put shame in it because it's like they see people that are like oh, these stories of people who made it, and they're like, well, I was pushing like I was doing. Like I was pushing two nickels together to create a quarter essentially and like living like the struggling artist life and it worked out. It's like, you don't have to, you don't have to go to that extreme. No. Like, like a lot of people are like, well, it's either you're in or you're out type thing. It's like, that's such a rare, rare thing. Uh, but first and foremost, like you got to take care of yourself no matter right. what that means. So if it means taking that survival job, what means going back to school, what it means like doing certain things, like if that, helps you fund your life and be able to put it to provide for yourself and then it can use that to like funnel into your creativity that's that's such a normal route for an artist and i'm trying to like break that stigma with that because you don't well, have to though i mean like yeah, yeah you you can take those pauses and it really doesn't matter how long of a pause it is mm -hmm. you know as ultimately like you know the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, you and I know a lot of really, really creative individuals who uh -huh. didn't continue on with that path. And that's OK. Yeah, uh, I think I think ultimately it's always going to be there if you have it in you and you, you felt you know that 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 it's there, that it's something that brings you joy. Just put it in the back pocket, do what you need to do and never let it find something that will at least keep the flame going. It doesn't yeah. have to be being in a stage. It could be picking up a camera and just doing some photos or, you know, learning a new skill set. Anything that's going to keep that flame going because eventually it's all going to come together and it's just going to, you know, in whatever that means. But what does it mean? 
I don't know. I'm just saying stuff. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, you know that's what I mean? where it is. But it's like, I, th- I just feel like so many people like compare their journeys to somebody else. Yes. And so then you're looking across and you're seeing like somebody that's getting the roles or like the recognition that you want. And then it's like, well, I want that to be me. And it's like, well, that's, that's their journey. That's the path that they're on. And that's where they're at in that point of their, where they're at. Yours may take some time. It may branch out. You may have to take this huge circle and get back to it. And then it all works out. Like you don't know, but like comparing yourself constantly to like others, especially now in like a social media age is just like, that's all we do now. And it's just, I think that creates such havoc within someone that is creative because you're constantly being like, well, I feel like I'm talented. Why are they getting that? I'm not type thing. And it's just like, well, it's like, you don't know what their, what their journey is. You don't know what they're, what they've done or what have you, or maybe they're feeling how you're feeling, but they're just seeing their success. It's like, you don't know. It's just like, you've got to just continue on your path and see where it goes. Yeah. And I think a huge part of that is, and just a lesson that I've learned and clearly you have too, is just in those moments when you realize that like, Maybe somebody else is getting an opportunity from somebody else that they didn't get. It's like there's nothing stopping you from creating your own opportunity, creating your own form of whatever it is, whether that's podcast or me. I wanted I wasn't I wanted to direct. I just didn't know how to do it. I didn't know nobody was giving me that opportunity. No theater was bringing me on. So I was like, I'll just do it. I'll just find my group of people, find it. Um. And maybe that's the end all be all for you, or maybe that will lead you to something else. But I think constantly in that moment where you're second guessing yourself, I think those are the moments you gotta, you have to find something that, that can also fill that, that spark. At least that's the thing for me at least. Well, yeah. uh, Cause it's like that, but it's also like, you gotta like shut down ego as well. Oh yeah. And like whenever, cause that's what I, I had to go through and like, just learn that the hard way. But it was just like, when you're seeing somebody with those opportunities, it's easy to become um, a hater and be like, I know they're not talented. I know they don't deserve that. I deserve that stuff. But then you don't create or do anything to help yourself out. And you just stay in that like little hater mentality. But like where I've learned is when I see somebody like that, where I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Like, how do they get that? I'll reach out now. Yeah. I'm like, how did you, how did you create that opportunity for yourself? How, how did that happen? Da, 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 da. And then like, you know, some people will like tell you, some people are like, well, I mean, I'm not going to tell you type thing. And that's their own thing. But it's like, you got to set ego aside and just be like, if you see somebody that's succeeding, it's like, learn from it. You may not be the exact way that you're going to be able to succeed, but you may be able to take little things and then go. Well, and that's exactly how I got my first role in, in Chicago was I saw somebody that was in a show and I'm like, how did you even, like, how did you get involved with them? Like, how did you know about the audition? Or, you know, how did you, how did you even get your foot in the door? And they were the one that was like, I took a class. And I was like, awesome. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm gonna do. And I literally took classes everywhere. I felt like I, mm-hmm. I, I could write a book on all the classes I've taken. <laughs> I spent a lot of money on classes. I did too. <laughs> My God, so much it's, money. <laughs> that's, that's a lot. I mean, they're not cheap. Anybody that doesn't know, it's like, it's usually like three, four, sometimes $500 for a class. Well, that um, was back in 2010s. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> Who knows what they are now? <laughs> yeah, and now it's like you got to take out a small loan. Uh, Paige, was something that I always ask all my guests, <laughs> what piece of advice would you give your younger self? I think my uh, my advice would be to just give yourself grace uh, and just to keep absorbing everything. Like I feel like everything everything is a learning lesson. Every moment, every you know life lesson basically is a lesson, and to learn it because at some point you might want to use that experience somewhere, um, and you'll have it. So, but yeah, I mean, a biggest thing that I think we can take away from this is, you know, the path is ever changing. It's ever growing. It's always, you know, cutting left, cutting right. And you don't know where you're going to go, where it's going to lead you. But as long as you stay open and believe in yourself and believe in your talent, like you'll find yourself on in, in the right spot eventually. I agree. Here, here. Here, here. I think <laughs> that's a good spot to stop. What? Right there. That's a good what? cap. What? You want to keep going? What else you no. got to say? <laughs> well, speaking of the market, I can't believe these apartments nowadays. Oh, all right. Let's 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 end because then we could start a whole new podcast on apartments and stuff like that. <laughs> but all right. All right. All right. Well, thank you for being on. I really, thank really you. appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing your talents and your wisdom and all that in between. So thank you, Paige. Thank you. I had a good time. Proud of you. Well, that's going to do it for another episode of Creative Wisdom. Uh, before I let you go, I want to thank Paige Taylor for being on here once again. I appreciate her carving out time of her busy schedule to sit down, talk to us about her creative journey, where she's been, where she's going, and everything in between. So thank you, Paige, for being on here once again. I, I truly, truly appreciate it. But I think I think the biggest thing that we can take from this episode is you got to be open. You got to be adaptable. We all have that goal, that end game that we're trying to attain, and we plot a perfect course of how we're going to get there. You know, this is going to lead to this, and this is going to lead to that, this, that, 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 and then boom, we get there. And it's perfect. No obstacles, nothing bad goes wrong. It's great. And if you do end up achieving your goal that way, I commend you because you are one of the very lucky ones. But unfortunately, life doesn't work whole, work out like that always. The path, the journey, the climb, whatever you want to call it, it's ever-changing. It's ever-flowing. Things shift. Priorities change. What have you. Sometimes the path zigs left. Sometimes it continues to zigzag. Sometimes you have to double back. Sometimes people close doors in your face and say, you know what, maybe this isn't for you. Sometimes you got to kick that bitch down. Create those opportunities for yourself. No matter what it is, you got to do what's best for you. And I think if you stay open and adaptable, you'll be able to carve that right path for yourself. And that's what I commend Paige about. That's what I admire about Paige is because when one door, uh, one door closed and another one opened, she explored it and and saw where it was going to take her, you know, and it led her down a path that she never envisioned for herself. Then she was like, you know what, this is where I'm supposed to be. And it led her to becoming an Emmy-nominated producer. And that's the beauty of life. It's never going to go how we expect it. And as long as you stay open and stay adaptable and resilient 
the path, sometimes you're going to figure out that, you know, you're where you're supposed to be all along. And if you find yourself right now with a closed door in front of you and you've tried kicking that bitch down and a new one opens itself, I, I, I ask you to kind of explore it and see where it takes you. Because we never know what's going to happen. And it may be more beautiful than you expect. So that's going to do it for this episode of Creative Wisdom. I'm your host, Matthew Collins. Thank you once again for being here, tuning in, and being a part of this journey. I appreciate it so, so much. But until the next one, stay creative.